This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thanks for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is where I usually go and give my content warning for the episode. But this time, I'm just apologizing that I was unable to get the guest to work out to do an ode to kevin smith i hope you enjoy this replacement an ode to underappreciated supporting actor michael bean you may know him best from the terminator or aliens closely tied to james cameron there's a movie i really want to check out called the fan i just got to hit the poetic critic up for her criterion collection password and maybe we can bring that up next week but until then enjoy the show little hands says it's time to rock and roll Bring the noise. And welcome to 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. You can find what I'm watching on Letterboxd. The username is CMDarth. Otherwise, if you need to use your alexa or your google nest device it's just best to ask for a podcast by russ stevens and you'll get the show to play throughout your entire home so with all that said this week as i said i did not get the lineup i wanted for the kevin smith episode and i apologize for that again i kind of had some slip-offs on my behalf in terms of scheduling but I tried my damnedest. I was uh, all the way up till, I'd say, 5 o'clock. I had hope. So it was a uh, quite the binge then over the uh, next day to get at least three Michael Bean movies in. But, you know, I got stuff lined up like that with DVD stacks. You know, we have a Sean Bean. I guess we could follow it up next week with that if something fails. I don't want it to fail, though, because it is spooky season, so I definitely need guests for the show. So offer me a movie, a director, an actor. This time I'm going to say horror movies, preferably under 100 minutes, but I can figure a way to make anything work. Just send an email to rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com, and we'll go and create some podcast gold. Fried gold, as Shaun of the Dead would say. Hey, that one would qualify for next month. So, with all that said, uh, let me thank Stacia Harden for being my inspiration and keeping me going. Trying my best to pay her memory the proper respect that it deserves. And I hope she's still helping out all those she touched in her life. So, if you want to complain about the podcast, you can do that at CatBusRuss. Otherwise, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast apps. Five stars preferably. I will reciprocate. Let's fix those algorithms. I don't think I have too much more to say. It's kind of interesting recording this intro with the intro music going on by the Smithereens. Kind of makes me stay in order. So I hope you enjoy the show and enjoy the beans. Meet Harry Balbo. Just an ordinary guy with an average life. This new girlfriend I got, she's killing me. She got a sister? <laughs> Until. I did you a favor, Mr. Balbo. If the media caught wind of you claiming you saw a vampire, they would turn your world into a circus. 
Three pages of coverage. No mention of you. I'm the one that called the cops. I'm the one that called the cops. Was she hot? Amazingly. Wild. Almost feral. How do I find her? Geographic profiling. It's a computer model created to track serial killers. A complex algorithm designed to map the most likely area of an unidentified killer's dwelling place. Well, how does this apply to vampires? I mean, well, what are vampires? They're serial killers. They prey on human beings. They only hunt in areas where they feel safe, the same way serial killers do. I have a plan. You go back to wherever it is you got that bitch stashed, and you finish what you started. Come on, you mother... Smack! I know you're out there. I'm going to go and get to my more thorough review in a moment. I just find it funny that this feature, The Satiable, was directed by Chuck Konzelman and Carrie Solomon, who are now responsible for a lot of the bollocks you see on Pure Flicks. So I guess Mary Magdalene was a whore, so I guess these guys are the same. So I guess now I have a content warning, but... Let's just get back to the show. Superman. So to start off this Michael Bean themed podcast, I rewatched The Insatiable, a vampire film from 2006. Vampire comedy, I should say. Um, and if I got the title wrong, I just want to repeat it. The Insatiable. It's starring Sean Patrick Flannery. So we're talking eh, seven years removed from uh, the Boondock Saints and... You know, it's nice to see him play a dorky character, so it kind of balances things out, you know, with all of the hit charm he got from the Boondock Saints, which is a movie that really gets too much love, but I digress. So the story is about a salesman for a flange company, Harry Balbo, who moonlights as the super intendant of his apartment complex just for that deduction on rent and in this part of his neighborhood there's a spree of headless victims murder victims i should say and one night checking on his convenient store buddy who was boasting about having such wild sex with his new girlfriend he finds the vampire and is immediately scratched and she tastes his blood. So now she's got that entire bloodhound thing going. So he's desperate and using the internet as his only resource to find out if anybody can believe his story. He inadvertently runs into his downstairs neighbor, played by Michael Bean, who is a Vietnam veteran, 
who is vampire hunting the best he can, being a L4 paraplegic. So, and let's just face it, he's a dorky character, so he's, should say, Sean Patrick Flannery's dorky character. Michael Bean is, picks up where he left off with Hicks. I have not seen The Abyss, so might be more along those lines. Again, digression. But being a wussy character, he can hunt the vampire down, but he can't kill her. So he decides the best thing to do is to set up a trap for her and basically keep her as a pet. And the awkwardness and hilarity ensues. Now, I wish after this rewatch that it was a little more madcap, because the pacing's a little off. We really don't need so much of his work life involved. I mean, we get a couple of scenes with his... uh asshole um sales fellow sales per- person that yeah you want to see him get fed so but basically it's all about just trying to figure himself out as a dorky guy and who's got access to despite it'll probably kill him a hot woman so yeah obviously being a guy who pretty much stuck around the strip club scene in Peoria for, gosh, I think, I think about it, only 11 years too many that I moved out to Champaign and just every maybe once, twice a year. Again, digression. So yeah, I can relate to the character in a sense, especially, you know, the asshole getting the girls and all that bollocks. And Michael Bean, as I say, he's fun in what he's doing. I could have used more of them, you know, sequel-wise, figure out how to do that, I suppose. Sorry, spoiler. He makes, Michael Bean at least makes it out. So, he gets the last lines for the most part. But then this film just finishes maybe two seconds over 100 minutes as they start the credits. And then, oh, let's do a final stinger scene. So, there's nothing great about the direction, I'll be honest. And... This rewatch, the special effects are definitely more noticeable as about how cheap they are. Again, it's CG when these these directors don't quite know what to do with it. But the humor is there. I love the vampire dynamic about, you know, just trying to live with bloodsuckers. So I've watched a lot of movies, and I would say 50% of them are bad. But this one is fun. It's no masterpiece, but if you like Sean Patrick Flannery or Michael Bean, I think you can enjoy this film. Imagine if your fears were real. I see images, and some of them are really violent. If your dreams weren't dreams at all. Come to me, Eddie. Memories, but not memories of anything that ever really happened to me. And your identity... What is your name, Eddie? ...is the one they gave you. Eddie, what happened? What? It's like somebody else is living in my body. I want you to take a crack at him tonight. Eddie Kay is about to discover he has two lives. Hi, Eddie. I don't know you. We're operational. And both are in danger. Ah! 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 
as a target. Now, he's a time bomb. And I've just concluded watching Time Bomb, which would be our second Julie Brown movie to be featured on 90 for Chill, the podcast. She's got a bit role, not even credited as a waitress, uh, flirting with Michael Bean in this movie. Uh, this movie is about Michael Bean's character, Eddie Kay, who, after successfully rescuing a family from a apartment building that was on fire he's gained attention of the cia so and is immediately starts being attacked be it a robbery gone wrong or just smashing him with a van and with this memories start coming out which he just can't make any sense of and with the existence of patsy kensett's Dr. Anna Nomar, a cognitive psychologist, he tries to start piecing everything together. Of course, once you're let into a psych ward and the CIA knows it, it's time to skip all the um, subtle murder attempts and just start wasting anybody connected to you. So he's on the run. He needs to make sense of his identity, how he's a natural killing machine. So basically, this is like, I would say, a made-for-TV, or I should say made-for-HBO, Born Identity Before the Born Identity, or I guess a better reference point would be Manchurian Candidate with all the brainwashing bollocks. So it's a fun Dino De Laurentiis movie, so that should tell you a bit about it. Uh, It's not, I think this is again, another movie right at the end of the liquidation of that company. So yeah, the video doesn't look great. I should say it was shot on film, so definitely a lower stock. I thought this may have been an Orion's Clearance movie uh, about the same time, but... uh, no, it's uh, an MGM, so uh, Michael Bean is good in it. It's really, you know, he gets to play cute and charming for the first act, and then he goes total Kyle Reese. So this is the, for those who loved him in The Terminator and kind of wish that he wasn't just uh, an inevitable casualty. Uh, the supporting cast is fun. Tracy Scoggins is, and Billy Blanks are other secret agents from this program that created our Eddie K character. But, um, and the action is actually, I'd say it's fairly well directed. It just seems rushed in all scenes, I guess. So that would mean, you know, they're just trying to get this movie done, but you know, uh, Michael Bean had so much confidence in this feature that he took a pay cut for it and military training. So, you know, you got to admire that commitment. So that would be just a fun... I mean, I originally... I've never watched it beginning to end, so I didn't know about Julie Brown until this recent watching. 
it's great background noise. I caught it on Encore, I think, back in the day. I know it's on Stream, or I think Screen Picks is the Xfinity MGM service. So it's, as I say, good background noise. Um, you get a fair amount of female nudity for the uh, juvenile. Well, I mean, I would have been 11 when this movie came out. So, you know, it would have been up my alley. So, yeah, it's... Uh, just a bit of fun. You gotta admire any movie which has a shootout in a porno theater. Jessica Kim, who was recently reported missing by her sister, Lisa Kim. It's like four girls that have just vanished in the last year. Are you coming or not? Don't I always? She's dead. No, she's dead, damn it! What about the other one? Go get her. Please, Who's Jason? Please! Please, I killed my friend! crossing the line that you cannot come back <laughs> anything for law enforcement and have just concluded a rewatch of the victim i'd say it's probably been close to 10 years since i saw this movie so i think it's fair to take a look at it again it's that or I go and do a movie where Michael Bean's definitely just a supporting character. And I think that we did that enough with the review for The Insatiable. So, uh, The Victim actually is more of an ode to Robert Rodriguez. I mean, he even thanks Rodriguez for the inspiration at the end of the sh- credits. And you can see where he got it. He pretty much does the... Michael Bean is the writer-director, pretty much does this movie on a... Uh, very low budget, but I'm surprised how much crew there was. They all get video uh, credits at the end, so very appreciative. So it's kind of a passion project, Michael Bean, and kind of gets weird when, you know, you have a sex scene with your lover at the time, then wife, and I think they were already together, so it's kind of like showing off the goods, I suppose. Just a little uh, weird, I suppose. But The Victim is about... Uh, Michael Bean's character, Kyle, probably an ode to the Terminator, of course. And he's just living a reclusive hermit life in the woods. And then suddenly Annie, a woman, is banging on his door, having run away from the cops she was partying with, with her best friend, Mary. And we end up opening this film with Mary getting... uh, getting her neck snapped because she was antagonistic to one of the cops during 
the act of intercourse. So, disturbing concept to start with. Um, and the But, I mean, the story holds up well enough. The acting could have probably been better, at least from some of the supporters, but Michael Bean's given his all. And the dialogue is effective. Nothing too clever. There is a nice ode to Unforgiven by the end of it. So, a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff on Michael Bean. It's more or less this... This is definitely a film where you know it's just the director trying to have fun. So take that for what it is. As I say, it's very little budget. There's times where I think we have way too much driving sequences being recorded. Think not definitely not as bad as Birdemic, but think that. So, but otherwise it flows pretty well. It's only an hour twenty. At, I mean, hour twenty three. But you know, it gets what it wants to done wants to do done quickly and that's not a bad thing if you can't uh, create desperado then you know you settle on el mariachi so definitely not as great a director as robert rodriguez but you know um it's fun to at least get these credits out of the way i guess that when you're She's at that time 56, I suppose. And so you just got to take, you got to take this as a B movie and you should be able to get a, enjoy yourself. So it's not high art, but I would say maybe more artistic than say Time Bomb. Honestly, I think this would be a nice sequel. What happened to Eddie Kay? So that is, I think we'll do it. Can I hear a wahoo?